Hello, welcome back to Girls Gone Healthy. Today we are joined by Bryn and this is a really interesting episode because we talk about a lot of different things. So Bryn deals with a lot of former athletes and she has this program called Mental Athlete. And basically what it is, is it's taking all of these traits that you learned while you're an athlete and while you're in sports and it's applying that to your life outside of that with your new fitness routine, with your professional life, different things like that. And just to like give you an example, so she was a track runner or not even track, but she's a sprinter. And so everything that she likes to do is super fast paced. She's now a fast, you know, talker, everything in her business is boom, boom, boom. And that is something that she saw appeared in sports and Similar to my story, like I was a coxswain, so I led my team. I was an encourager of my team. And now with my podcast, something totally different, I'm still here encouraging. So it's taking these traits about yourself and applying it to somewhere else like what do you enjoy in your life? How can you find that in the workouts you're doing? Maybe you love sports because you were a team player, like you love the social aspect. Well, you can find that in your fitness routine, maybe joining a running club, maybe going to the group fitness classes, or maybe you love sports because you were a leader. Maybe you were a captain and you love that. Well, you can also find that in other ways of your life. So we talk about, you know, transferring these skills that you learned as an athlete into other areas. And then even if you've never been an athlete, I think you will really enjoy this as well because we also go into redefining both success and failure. It's like, what do both of those look like? How do we define them? So I think that you'll find in this episode a lot of the motivation that you might need if you've been feeling down, like you haven't been getting successes or you've just been running into failures. So this will be a great episode for you. And then lastly, with the Facebook group. So I want to start answering some of your questions. Maybe if it's a longer question, I can bring it on a podcast, bring it on the solo episode. If not, I'm always going live in the Facebook group to answer your questions. So go join it. Girls Gone Healthy, healthy tips in your 20s. And the link is right down below. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi guys, today we're joined by Bryn. She's a mental skills coach who's been helping athletes on all levels, high school, college, and professional, master their mental game for the past several years. As a former Division I athlete in track and field and high school basketball player, she has firsthand experience with knowing what being on and off your mental game can cost you. She also helps current and former athletes continue applying these skills beyond their sport. And one of her favorite quotes is, how you do anything is how you do everything. I'm so excited that you're joining us today. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Of course. And that's such a good quote, too. I love it. Um, So I think that just already starts us off on a great note. But I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your journey. Yeah. So as I mentioned in the little blurb that you just read is um, I or shared, I am a, a former athlete. And I'm giving to athletes now what I didn't get when I was coming up. Um, I played basketball for two years in high school uh, and nothing against my coaches. I just don't know that they knew how to develop people. And I didn't know, you know, anything about the mental game. And then as a, I was more of a standout track athlete where I ran in high school and in college. 
However, I relied on my talent and didn't really transcend the mental toughness aspect. So my big thing is, you know, like I said, how you do anything is how you do everything. And so the things that show up in my life as like barriers, blocks, you know, challenges, how I handle those are the same way that I would handle them in sport, in working out, in pursuing goals, all those things. So, um, yeah, and I just want to make a difference for athletes and give them those skills and be able to realize that because athletes typically, whether they transcend to the highest levels of their sport, they are going to be leaders most likely in life and how they do that is taking what they learned on the field, on in the game, et cetera, et cetera, into real life and real world application. And so that's how I got started. I'm, you know, I currently have MBA, NCAA and uh, elite high school athletes. And it's just been fun giving all the same levels, the same stuff, but how it's applied is of course different. Yeah. So you had mentioned that you didn't really have a coach that taught any of this to you. So is this something that you started working on when you're an athlete competing in track and field, or did you have to learn about it later on? Yeah, I think it would be, um, you know, I mean, I walked on to my college team, so that's being mentally tough. So it's kind of like one of my other, you know, great quotes that speaks to me is um, a Steve Jobs quote, you can't connect the dots looking forward, you can only connect them looking backwards. So I think I've been working with mental toughness over the course of my life more than I realized. But uh, so, I mean, I would say that I wasn't, I've always been interested in mindset, but it didn't become really a thing until I basically made myself my first client and <laughs> took myself through the process. So I would say that walking onto a division one college team is a big step. And, you know, that took a lot of bravery and bolder. And then, you know, I competed, um, for three and a half years. And then I left uh, school a semester early to pursue an internship in my chosen career because I knew I wasn't going to be an athlete beyond college. Um, but once I got into mindset, I think it started with the secret and I know there's a lot of criticism around the secret, but then it got, you know, I've just really studied up under some of the best, um, you know, leading minds in the areas of, uh, mindset and personal development over the years. And then obviously applied that to all the readings I've done and, you know, and, uh, taking that to my athletes and obviously learned from the process of delivering it myself. Yeah. Cause that is a huge battle of, okay, you walked on to the sport that you didn't even compete in high school with, you changed sports and then you walked on. No, no, I, no, no, I competed in high school. I'm sorry. I didn't. I competed both, but I didn't, I didn't go beyond sophomore year. I apologize if that was confusing. I ran track. I was on varsity all four years. In order for me to walk onto a division one track team, I have to have some experience yes. in that. Yeah, but that's still awesome. You know, you put yourself out there of being a walk-on. And so even at the time, you're not thinking, oh, this is mental strength. I love that. You know, you're able to look back and you're like, wait, this is something that I've always had. I just didn't pay attention to. Exactly, exactly. And I didn't, I still wish that I could have been exposed to it more on a, a very literal sense because, or, you know, like somebody telling me about it. Because even as an athlete, I was talented, but I can only imagine what I would have done with this stuff. Because, you know, I did what I was asked to do, I, you know, and I did the workouts, but I definitely wasn't um, as tough as I could have been at, you know, transcending or, you know, elevating myself out of the limits that I imposed on myself of what was possible. So, and of course I became more aware of that as I, you know, um, matriculated through my own curriculum of, and my own, you know, education of mental conditioning, mindset, personal development, 
that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. And then along with, you know, being this mindset coach, you're also a speaker. You've gone to a bunch of different events and I've actually listened to one of your talks and you talked a lot about the three F's of success. So I was wondering, how does that lead to success? The big thing was uh, failing forward and really allowing yourself because there's a word that I like to break down and it's success, right? But everybody, you know, thinks, okay, success, what does that mean? Or I'm afraid of failure. I'm afraid of success. You know, we hear those terms all the time. And the big thing about my talk was about suck sess. You got to suck first, <laughs> be willing to suck. Let me say that. And that means not be good at something for the record. And then, you know, uh, sess, I just break that down to cessation, stop sucking. So it's this idea of eventually at some point, if I continue on this path, I'm going to be, you know, new at it. I'm going to have awkwardness. I'm going to whatever. And then at some point I'm going to go that. So, and I have to be willing to fail to move forward. So that's a big a part of it. And then the, um, and so really failure, I think everything we learn, we learn from failure. We learn from a miss, a mistake, uh, uh, you know, like a missing the mark. And then all of a sudden we're like, why do I have to always like mess up to like move forward? But you know, like if you're the more successful and the most successful people in the world have failed more times than the people that have, you know, not, pursued failure. And one of the other things that I learned was, and I think it was Henry Ford said this, the people who don't make mistakes are the people who don't make mistakes end up working for the people who do make mistakes. And so that's a really powerful thing to really realize that is like, once you get that making mistakes actually moves me closer to the success line than moving me away from it. If I can get over the idea that failure is bad that failure is not a part of the process because it is, you know, and I, I know there's another mentor of mine that said success and failure are two sides of the same coin, you know, different sides of the same coin. So it's like, they're all related, but most of us are like, no, I can't fail. And so we're trying to be perfectionist. We're trying to be perfect. And usually that stops us from actually accomplishing anything because we're too afraid that, that, you know, we're going to land the wrong side of something. And so it actually kind of keeps you standing still and failure is about failing forward. Like just keep moving forward because eventually you'll get there. That's how a journey works with the first step, even if it's the wrong step. Yeah. I love that too, because especially as athletes, you know, you start off in high school and then if you get really good in high school, you're the best on your team in high school. Well, then when you go off to college, then you're the small fish again, you know, it's like, oh wait, there's a lot of really good athletes. And then you go through your college career like that and you know you might get some awards you might have a good career and then once you're done being an athlete in the traditional sense then okay you're starting a different job and then that's a scary thing where you're back at the bottom of the totem pole so i love that you know that's part of the success you can't just automatically be at the top you have to suck at some point first and, and you have to be willing to be vulnerable, right? Because there's going to be times, right? And the athletes and people in life that, you know, are led by ego and pride, they often don't go to the highest levels of their careers, jobs, at sports, whatever you want to call it, because it's, they don't understand that humility and, you know, that process, you know, it's all part of the process. And so, yeah, and that's why I kind of use the word fair because, you know, it's like, it's not fair. And that's kind of the picture I had in my, you know, things so like, it's not fair. Like, why is this happening to me? It's like, well, because the bad stuff happens to you to set you up, right? To, you know, for the, that's the price of admission of success is like, 
you know, like to whom much is given, much is expected. So when I was growing up, I thought that meant people that had money and all that stuff. And then I realized that it's, it's not like life is going to be fair, but the stuff that happens to you is what you go through to become what you're supposed to be. Yeah. So obviously you're going to have failure at some points. I'm sure looking back, you can also think of times that you've overcome failure, but it's still something that, you know, you're kind of afraid of. You don't know how to face it head on. So how do you help people through failure? So I think the biggest thing is we are not what we do we are who we are. So it's this thing of, um, I separate the two. So I say, okay, like in your life, you have several roles. So like you currently are being a podcast host. Um, and then there is outside of that, you are a daughter, you may have a partner, you know, all those different things. So you have all these roles and then whatever job you do or entrepreneur, however you label, and they're just basically the labels that we wear at different times. And then there is your identity which is this, who are you outside of those roles? Like, right, I am this job, I am this wife, I am this, you know, daughter, I am this, you know, whatever. And so what I do with my athletes is I teach them that mistakes are part of the game, right? I mean, there's no NBA player that makes all their shots. There's no football player that makes every touchdown. There's no, you know, uh, baseball player that hits a home run every time. And, you know, of course I could go on with all the sports. And so once you realize that, and that it's like, like to be a good free throw shooter, you just have to be at 50%. So, or 70%, that means you're going to miss either five or seven out of 10. So there, you know, you know, sorry, miss, sorry, not five, seven out of 10, but three out of 10, three to five out of 10. Right. So you're going to miss. It's just the way it is. I mean, Steph Curry is one of the best three point shooters in the game right now. And he misses, believe it or not. Right. But he has the confidence. So the, the idea is like when failure happens, failure can be a mistake. It can be a loss. But I tell my athletes, I'm like, okay, well, just because you had a bad outing doesn't mean you are bad. And so it's helping them separate this idea from not about the mistake is going to happen. So if we realize that it's an inevitable part of the process, that's where character is, is defined. So it becomes, oh, I'm a hardworking individual. I'm resilient. I am determined. And so it's like, um, and I always use the example of Kobe Bryant. Um, he met, he airballed like five or six shots in a big game in his rookie season, his freshman season in the NBA. And, it, you know, he, if you don't know his story, he had uh, gone straight from high school to the NBA. So somebody asked him, were you embarrassed? Like, I mean, airball, airball in the NBA, you know, that like hardly ever happens. Right. So, I mean, just get that picture, like an NBA player airballing. Of course we expect it from a high school player and you know, every once in a while, maybe a college player, but you're like NBA that never happens. Right. But it happened to him five to six times in the same game. And so someone said, were you embarrassed? He was like, no, I just had to figure out why it was happening. So that's an example of like, he had some adversity, obviously the world was looking at him and rather than go into this is all about me and how I messed up and you know that he decided to confront that with why did it happen and then how am I going to respond to that so he figured out that he didn't have the stamina or the uh, the uh, the endurance to get through an NBA season because he had come from high school straight to the NBA so he had to really apply his you know, conditioning and working out over that summer to make sure it never happened again. And sure enough, obviously, you know, was one of the best basketball players in the game. So it's that whole thing of like who he was, was so solid that he knew how to respond to that and not take that on as I'm a failure. I suck. I shouldn't be in the NBA. It's like, no, 
I just, why did that happen? And then who I am helps me respond to it. And that's what I do with my athletes. Yeah. So you're kind of teaching them to look at it as a logical response or a logical problem, something that they can work towards improving, not this emotional or like mental, like you're lacking and this is something that's wrong with you. It's like, no, this is just another skill that you need. Yeah, exactly. Mental conditioning is a skill. It is. The mental game is such a crucial part of it. And I mean, I mean, I would say logic. I mean, but I mean, I don't want them to look at it. I mean, yeah, of course. It's like, look at it as a map and like, you're, you're here, you're here and you need to get there right in your game. And the mental is the different, different, I can't, I don't know why I'm not saying that word properly, but the differentiator between an elite athlete and just an okay athlete is like, it's that mental game. We all got the same shoes. The, 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 the net is still 10 feet, all those things. So it doesn't, it's more about how do we get to a level of, getting you know making a difference for ourselves and that big part of that is mastering the mental game and realizing that if you're afraid of mistakes then you're afraid of getting better and so it's part of the process it just is and so letting them realize that they have all the tools they need to be successful if they apply them properly versus confusing the idea that a mistake means that you're bad or you did bad or you're not good enough and so I mean, there's definitely emotional aspects to it, but the one thing I tell my players all the time is when emotions go up, intelligence goes down. And so when, if you're here at a heightened state of emotion, like they say, don't drive angry or don't drive super happy, then it's the same thing. You're driving this premium optimal machine in sport, right? Cause they work really hard on their physicality and how do you drive that the best is going to be actually bringing yourself down to a level of like, you know, calmness and stillness. It doesn't mean you're not moving, but you're not like all over the place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that visual too, because I already know that about myself too, of like, okay, I get really excited. And then, you know, you just got to level it down a little bit. Think you you can think so much clearer just by bringing down a notch. Exactly, exactly. And so I know that you don't just deal with current athletes. You also deal with former athletes. And that's where I think a lot of people listening are at in their life. You know, they've kind of made that transition on now. So how can people really apply those skills that they learned being an athlete into the rest of their life? Yeah, great question. I think the biggest thing is that quote that you started off with that I shared with you, which is how you do anything is how you do everything. So how you were in that sport, like I'll use myself as an example. I drive fast, I eat fast, I talk fast. Okay, those are the three things I know for sure about myself. So the first step is awareness. What are your habits and patterns that showed up on the field in your sport, or even now off the field? Because if you look back, that's also how I ran my races, I knew how to run all out for the 200 or the 400. I didn't necessarily have a strategy for how I was gonna deal with the fact that I was gonna hit a wall at that 300 and the 400 and still have to finish that 100 meters or that 350 and finish the 50 meters that were left in the race. And so same thing with life. How could I then take that lesson and say, wow, I do that same thing. I try to go all out. I try to do everything in the last night or the last minute or whatever the case is. And I need to you know, uh, apply better strategies to how I approach problems, situations, challenges in my life. So I basically show them like, hey, you know, you're an athlete, you handled some pretty amazing things, especially most of my athletes, you know, have been on the college or the professional level. So you're talking about my former athletes, you're talking about like, okay, you were a D1 top recruit, and you were handling schoolwork at a prestigious university, as well as a full athletic 
scholarship schedule. And so you've managed some pretty amazing things and you may not have realized it at the time, but you're more than equipped to handle the day to day, but how you got there, we're going to kind of reverse engineer your process to see how you can extrapolate the lessons and the tools that you used to apply to your now. And there's so much that, you know, like they, you know, we all forget because we're, you know, we don't have the bird's eye view of our whole process. Like, just like I told you, I didn't know I was doing mental conditioning or mental toughness when I walked onto my high school team and my college team. It's just like, that's what I wanted to do. So I did it. Right. And so I'm like, that's, that's normal, but it's not normal for everybody. Not everybody would do that. Right. But I didn't realize that at the time it was just what it was, I was going to do. And so same thing with my athletes, just helping them realize that they have everything they need. And the fact that they were an athlete more than equips them, you know, at the, at the elite level, more than equips them to succeed in day-to-day life. And you don't have to be an athlete for the record, for anyone listening to be successful because it's the same stuff. Whatever got you to this point is going to help you, you know, sometimes it's going to help you get to the next level, but most of the time it's going to take sort of uncovering what has been birthed through that process to then answer to your now. Yeah, I love that. And I've never thought about it that way to kind of relate it back to my story. So I was, you know, that like D1, great recruit. So I felt like I was unstoppable at that point, you know? And then four years later, as I went throughout college, I end up never reaching the goals I wanted to. And so when I stopped becoming an athlete, I kind of scuffed off those four years as like, oh, that was not a waste of time, but I didn't accomplish what I wanted to. So I'm just going to kind of forget about that. And it's taken me two years now since graduating to kind of recognize that time of, no, I still learn so much about myself. And you learn so many of your strengths through being an athlete. And so now, as you said, okay, your strengths was that you knew how to go fast. My strength was that I could really encourage people on my team. And now I'm finally using that in my life. So that's awesome that you're able to kind of use that bird's eye view that, yeah, people don't realize that in their own life when they're in the thick of it. Exactly, exactly. And I think as former athletes, you know, a lot of athletes, and you probably experienced this as well, because like you're talking about sloughing off those four years as they go through a state of like, kind of going back to that identity role conversation of quite a, uh, a depressive time, you know, energetically, I don't necessarily mean actual depression, though it does exist. in um, when they go from being a D1, like, because I've been, you know, what sport did you play, Emily? I was a coxswain for the rowing team. Okay, got it. So you're a coxswain for the rowing team. You've been doing rowing for as long as you can remember. And then all of a sudden, there's no more rowing. Not, you know, like, not in the sense of like, yeah, maybe you go out on the, the lake or the river every once in a while, but it's not the same as the applied application of like, you were an athlete, you were looked differently. You, you know, you went to the cafeteria, everybody knew, oh, that's the rowing team, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then you go to, now nobody knows that, you know, you are a division or doesn't care as much out in the real world because you're not in that environment where you're being highlighted and, you know, treated differently. So it's a different transition for people. So that's the other thing I I try to give my athletes is like, you know, like you said, the strengths that you can take from that time, but also to realize that you're more than that. You were never just a rower. You were never just a coxswain. You were never just a basketball player, whatever that is. You, you, yes, you applied these amazing strengths into the role of being that coxswain, but those things were actually already present in you. They just got highlighted through being a coxswain. And now we just need to realize that not in the coxswain, they're still present. 
So that's the idea. Yeah, that's great too, because, you know, your identity and your role as an athlete and that's how you presented yourself is like, okay, how can you present that in your new role of entrepreneur or yeah, whatever role you're in now, that is great. And then my last question for you, I don't know if this is kind of anything you work on your clients with, but maybe just how you went through it yourself. How did you replace that activity that athletics was in your life? You know, if you had so much time and energy into sports, how did you make that transition out of it? So when I stopped playing, I think I was still always an active individual. So um, now I was a sprinter. So if you know anything about sprinters, we don't like to run. So but we're not like, you know, everybody's like, yeah, let's go out and let's go for like a three mile run. A sprinter will be like, I'll see you later. But if you want to race to the end of the block, I got you. But I definitely, you know, was working out. Um, I wouldn't say that my eating habits remain the same, although I wouldn't say I also knew a lot about nutrition. I mean, I was eating in the cafeteria. I was in the dorms all four years because I was an RA for my last two years. So I think the biggest thing was, um, you know, still applying those things and being a go-getter, but finding that time to work on myself physically. And I've done lots of things over the years. Uh, like, um, I found that I don't enjoy working out in the gym. I don't like working on, I don't like running on a treadmill. I actually do like running outside. I've actually ran a marathon between the time that I ended being an athlete and, uh, now. I've done lots of things, you know, just got involved in like softball leagues or, you know, fun things. I just like to be active and play sports, but I think I enjoy um, being in the process of something versus like, you know, just kind of like, oh, I'm going to the gym to get this. I'm, you know, I've done it. I've gone to the weight room. I've done insanity. I've done all those things. And obviously through helping other people, that's been very fulfilling. And I was a leader. I was a captain on my high school team. I've always been a vocal leader. I've always been someone who encourages. So similar to you, I, I think I was already drawn to like helping people. So that's been a big way to fill that role of leadership. And, um, you know, I've been managers. Um, I've, you know, had leadership roles in organizations and things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing that I, you know, I, I encourage my athletes is to find something that you're good at and then get paid to do that. And I know that sounds like very cliche. We've heard it before, but it's like, how can you apply what you were doing? Like you said, encouraging people, that kind of thing into a career and turn it into like, cause you know, you love it. I always say like, there's two ways I can tell that you love your job. One, you'll do it for free. Or if you win the lottery tomorrow, you'd still go in and, you know, and most people wouldn't right? If you won the lottery, you'd be like, I don't need this job anymore, right? And so I think that if there's one thing I'm very passionate about is liberating people from this idea that they have to do things they hate to get what they want. And so, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I ran a marathon. I've done so many different things to stay active in my life. And I'm a vegan now. Um, that was definitely in the last seven years or so, but I love, um, the, you know, I feel good about the fuel that I put into my body now. Like I, I had no conscientiousness for, I just like to eat what tastes good. Of course, I've never struggled with any kind of body issues other than, you know, of course, I don't, I'm not saying when I look at myself, I'm like, oh, you're perfect. I'm working on loving the skin that I'm in, those type of things. But I've always been athletic. So I think it's just been like a part of me to be 
active, but enjoyably active. I don't work out for the sake of working out. I, I go to the court every morning since quarantine and I shoot baskets and I love that. And that's like my meditation for the day. I'd rather do that than go work out in a gym for an hour. Even if I got more muscles, I felt like my body looked better. I just wouldn't enjoy it the same. So I think the big thing is, is that I loved being a part of a sport. And so I've learned how to do things that I would love to do and not just work out for the sake of like, you know, having a healthy body. Yeah. You're like, I don't need to have that same rigor that I had before. I don't have to go to the gym every day to push myself. Like you joined the softball league, you know, you still had a sport and a community that you're able to focus on something besides for how much am I sweating today? Yeah. So I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. I just wanted to give you the floor now to talk about how people can work with you and what type of programs you offer. Yeah. So the big thing that I'm uh, launching now is uh, I've, I've been doing the coaching of athletes for so long and having done different levels, I see that, you know, across all sports and even in life, but the, uh, I'm launching a course called the mental athlete. And the reason I called it the mental athlete is because we are all mental athletes. We are all doing the actual, uh, mental calisthenics every day. And most of us are working too hard mentally to try to get optimal results. And so it's like, if you were to want to train a horse or a dog or someone to do what you want them to do just as you need to tame and train your mind and get your body and mind to work together to give yourself the best results in your life. So it doesn't have to be a physical thing as far as sports that you're pursuing or an optimal level of high level sports, but it is this idea of how to best get your, um, get your uh, best results out of your, you know, what you're pursuing, whatever you're endeavoring in at that time. So anyway, I'm, I'm launching the course, The Mental Athlete. I know this is going to air later. So uh, you would just want to reach out to me on Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter. I'm at Bryn Drescher on all platforms, which I know Emily will put in the show notes, but I just really appreciate um, this time. Yeah, that's a great program because as we talked about today, I mean, what you learn in sports, you can really apply to the rest of your life and be successful in the rest of your life. So that's a great program that you have. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, do me a favor and take a screenshot right now and post it on your Instagram story. You can tag me at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast at Girls Gone Healthy Podcast. Come say hi. Come say what's up. I'd love to connect with you and this would help support me to continue bringing you free content. See you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.